You are listening to the Piper Podcast. Today we are talking about forks in the road choices. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Eh, that's okay. I can start. Um, I came up with the idea. We think about different junctures in our lives where we're forced with choices. Everybody's got them. We all make choices, and sometimes those choices turn out well. Sometimes they don't. Unfortunately, after you make them, it's difficult and sometimes impossible to go back and take another direction, but not always. Sometimes you can. But it makes you think about when when you're faced with those kind of choices, hopefully as you get older, you begin to realize that those are junctures that are important to sit down and maybe think through before you jump in. I was thinking about a particular uh, fork in my road when I was young. It's in high school and I was getting close to the end of my time in high school. Everybody was talking about college or something, you know, what's beyond. And there was a certain amount of excitement about that and and a lot of Folks were a little bit nervous about it, and rightfully so. It was the unknown, right? And that's always the scariest thing of all is what if I make a bad choice or what is actually out there? So anyway, I I have one sister, and she's three years older than me. And I remember after high school, she decided she wanted to go to community college. So my folks paid the way for her to do that. I have no clue what she did with that time in community college, but um, that's that was the route she took. I don't even remember whether I actually thought about that as an option. I ended up making a choice of going into the military. I had really no idea what I was doing at the time. We were living, of course, in Phoenix, Arizona, where I was raised, and and um, it was summertime. Appro- well, summertime was approaching at the time I was making the decision because I was getting close to graduation. And so I decided to check out what was all involved in, in uh, you know, getting into the military. I thought I would make a safe choice. It sounds like kind of a maybe a cowardly approach. I decided I really wasn't going to wait for the draft to to pick my number. I think that was... That had a lot to do with um, the direction I was going to be going. Uh, the draft was around at that time, and I don't know what my number would have been. I decided I'm not going to wait for uh, for the draft because then y- you don't have a choice. You end up going into the Army. That's where they'll send you, and, and that was during the Vietnam era, and so we know where I would probably end up. So I decided, well, let's let's cut that off at the knees and go with something safe. So I decided to join the air force, um, which was, you know, it was, it was a reasonably safe choice when you compare it to the Marines or the army or something like that. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be going the direction where I would be a hero or something like that. Again, maybe that was a cowardly choice. I don't really care at this point. I, at that point, um, I just wanted to do something that, Um, I could, you know, get some training, which my dad was excited about. He said, yeah, that's great. I'll give you some 
training. They'll give you some kind of a, a future beyond that. And so that's what I did. But, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, you need to stop and think about the choices you make that have huge consequences and that you can't necessarily go back to that fork and make another decision. Once you go into the military, it's not like you can just decide, you know what, this is really not for me. I, you know, all this marching and guys yelling at you and stuff like that. I think, I, I think I'm just going to go home. Uh, that's not an option. I don't recall whether that was in the fine print and the contract you signed with the government, but it, it, it was there. And uh, you decide to leave. That's when they, uh, let, word AWOL comes into play and you end up going to jail. So when you sign up, that's it. Um, and it, there was good and bad in that choice. I think there's a lot of discipline in my life. I needed some discipline, that's for sure. I was kind of a rebel um, when it comes to discipline. Wasn't that I was getting into a lot of trouble in high school, but I, I just was kind of my own person and I didn't like being told what to do. Um, and of course you go into the military, they tell you what to do and they, they enforce it. So I did learn discipline there. I learned how to work on generators. Um, I was what they call an electrical power production specialist. That was a school that they sent me to. Um, one of the things they didn't tell me when I went in, they didn't tell me that there would be certain things that would not be available. They were all the, um, the particular field that you go into is dependent on the availability of slots. And my recruiter didn't bother to tell me that he kind of led me to believe that I could go in and be whatever I signed up to be. And it turns out when I was in basic training that they, let me know that that wasn't available. I still remember raising my hand in this little classroom they had us all gathered in. And then on the board, they had written out all the different uh, jobs that were available. And I happened to notice that mine wasn't on the board. So I raised my hand. And I said, excuse me, Sergeant. Um, I don't see air traffic controller on the board, which is what I thought I was going to do. He said, well, that's because that field's no longer open, son. You got to pick what's up here, and that's it. Okay. So right right about then, I was thinking I'd like to run down my recruiter and beat him to death because I really didn't know what I was signing up for at that point. Um, didn't know what an electrical power production specialist was. It just sounded better than some of the others. And it... Um, and I, I, I did learn something from it. So um, all in all, four years later, I, uh, I got out of the, the military. I didn't get out without something. I did get the GI Bill, so I was going to be able to go to college with that. And uh, I did gain a pers some perspective that I didn't have before. One of the things people don't think about in going into the military is that you're going to be doing things with people from all over the country, from all different walks of life. 
from the, the guys that grew up in the, the bios of Louisiana to the back hills of Georgia, where they still run moonshine, to the guys from New York who were in gangs. Um, I ran into one guy who, who had, um, that was his only option. The judge says, you go in the military, you go to jail. <laughs> so <laughs> you, uh, these aren't people you would choose to befriend or, or, you know, be a part of your life, but you, you, you find yourself in the trenches, so to speak, with just people from all walks of life. That was an interesting experience. And, and it, it was an eye opener for me um, that I never forgot. So that was, that was good. So anyway, how about you? That was good. Um, a quick question. You, and I've, and I've heard it in the past, like the narrative of, of like, like cowardly, uh, nothing that you say about this entire inland period sounds cowardly to me. I'm just, I'm just curious, like, where the, that comes from. Okay. Like, like you enlisted during active deployments. That's that's very. Scary. I would think I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's cowardly at all. But yeah, I'm just. I'm just like. Yeah. That just, it just doesn't sound cowardly to me. Maybe maybe it's just more comment. I I identify with what you're saying about like all walks of life. I. Almost enlisted uh, to when I went went to the Marine Corps. Marine Corps the recruiter explained it to me as, as surfing, surfing all day, uh, parties, beach. Sounded <laughs> amazing, <laughs> and I knew knew better. But then then uh, at the time, I didn't really like that idea. So, yeah, so I I didn't end up signing any paperwork, and, and then he told me. When I was ready to become become a real man, that I would come back, and I was like, "Dude, I'm not talking about them about that. I just like, I'm not gonna be able to end." So, yeah, he didn't really, he didn't really like that. He left me a voicemail saying saying something to that effect, and I'm describing it in <clears throat> much nicer than how the message went. But the all walks life, I think, uh, the four the four in the road. One of them, uh, when I went to jail, that was an interesting experience. Uh, being in holding cell with all different kinds of people, because uh, uh, I was there for two, almost three day, days. I uh, went, went in first driving into a county that was notorious for a trip. Put you in for as long as they possibly could hold you, because you because you have a you have a holding period that they're allowed to hold hold you. I think it's seventy two hours, and they held me the entire time. And I remember, remember sitting down after. Well, at first I got arrested. Arrest at first I got pulled, got pulled over, and then when they say step out of the car, I knew other friends friends that had prison or summoned for prison that they say said if I ask you to get out. That's not good. So that means you're going in. Most likely, like will be arrested. So I was like, that's weird. But I know that this isn't. Uh, this is this isn't good. I got out. Out. 
they said you were reckless driving, high volume of tra- traffic, high, high level of speed. That's a class class misdemeanor. Do you know what that means? And I said, I don't know. I mean, a misdemeanor. He's like, it's a jailable offense. It's like a, a arrestable offense, I guess. And, and so then they arrested me. And uh, they went in the squad, quad car. And then someone drove by and told them they had a flat tire, which I thought, hey, this is great. Just let me go. You have a flat tire. I, I learned my lot. And then they, and they didn't they didn't like that idea. But they took me in, in to a little jail. Um, there wasn't anybody else there. So I thought, eh, you know, not that bad. Bad. I'll call my grandparents. It's probably post-bail. These are the only things that I knew of jail at the time. I did not know anything about the, about the process or anything like that. So then it gets to be later in the day after I'm there a few hours. And they said, oh, well, we're going to move down into uh, Travis County or William County. And I was like, well, I know know that pretty good because they have have a big jail (laughs) there. And and I was like, you know, know, what are they like? Well, we're going to move you in. Uh, to that holding cell because we're all going to go for the day because it's a new, it's a new jail, jail. So so they transferred me. That's when I start to get get nervous. Then I'm basically in the, in the drug tank and you just talking to, to people but kind of being cagey because you don't want anyone to know too, too much about you because you're, you're still in a really like what I perceived it as like could be a hostile environment. Um, but I befriended... Uh, one guy who uh, he had stolen CDs from Best Buy, Spy, which I didn't, I didn't know you could go for that, but you, you can. And I was like, what happened? And he goes, well, I, I stole five and I got out. And and then I did. In, and then I and then I, I just kept going back. And after 17, they caught me. And that was that. So, so they, they came. Uh, lights never go, go off. So that was fun. Because, uh, you know, it's time to go to sleep. You think they're going to give you, you know. Something to go to sleep with, but no pillow, pillow, blanket, and that comes at like mid midnight. Then they come at four a.m. and tear and tear off. So you literally aren't aren't really seeing. Uh, if you can find a roll of toilet paper to use, to use as a pillow, that's a godsend. Most of the time, the time there aren't any of those around. Around it's just one toilet for all of us. There's like thirty-five, so you're just holding it and praying that you don't have to use the restroom. Which I didn't go, I didn't go for like two days because I was like, no way, man. I, I like just humiliating. Um, I did go in wearing wearing like Abercrombie and Fitch, long sleeve sleeve shirt, looking like a little model, and that was was just the worst thing thing go to jail with. Like like nothing that said that I'm hard or like like I'm fierce. No, nothing like i just it wasn't a great great look uh and i, and I had my glass on so i was like, I was like okay punch me in the face with glasses because like that's, that's probably thing people don't do so like all those things are like going through your head and so towards the end of it um, um uh, i i went birthday so the following day was my birthday they brought around the days of food one of the guys gave me his, gave me his for my birthday which was really not nice. And then I started talking to everybody and cracking jokes and was like, like guilty. And of course no one's guilty. It was pretty funny. And, and 
and learning, they were teaching me like, okay, if it's a 1997 Honda, you can hot hot wire it like this, and like learning all these things. Because you, you got to pass the time, because you can't you're really sleeping, and you're just you're just like be friend friend you can that you can kind of like stay in little circles, because then then like crackheads come in and like homeless people come come in in the middle of the night and like disrupt everything, and you want to like it, it's just it's a it's a whole whole experience. So then towards towards the end. It, uh, one guy came in who, like, for, like, for, like a temperature, which that was a little unnerving. And, and then he starts talking to me, like, like, man, you're not going to get out. You're never going to get out of here. And then mentally, you really start, or I, I won't, won't speak for everybody, but for, for myself, I really start, started to break down where I really, really started to leave, like, like, oh, man, like, I don't know I'm going to get out. Because when I called my grandfather, told me out, out. He was like, "Have fun, peace." Like, which taught lesson? It was a good, good lesson to learn. But and I got out, and and it, and it was overall. I look back on that experience as very beneficial for my life uh, to understand what it's like in jail. Uh, to have sympathy for like people or like the whole, whole experience. So I never went back, but I, I swore I, I was like, I did that, that or going back to jail again. So that was a fork in, in the road. Yeah. It's an interesting one too. You know, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, this was just a local jail. You imagine the guys that they know they're getting sent, you know, that little, phrase up the river to the big house and um and what you have to do to survive in that environment um uh, in in the midst of the, the general pop at at a at the big house where you know you may not survive that you know or or, or you're certainly going to start entertaining things that you wouldn't have done otherwise just to survive so it's just um um, those are well, I was terrified that I was going to go into jump pop. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, as long as as long as I'm in the drink, I'm good. But if they come around with jump jumpsuits, like the orange jump jumpsuits, I know I know I'm going into pop. I do not want that. that. So think I did it, and and te- technically, I don't think they could have put a put jump pop anyway. Anyway, I mean, I mean, they could have. They would have denied my personal innocence. Yeah. They have something called a PR, which is like a personal reconnaissance bail, which means that you're not, not a flight flight and you're not going to run away before your court hearing. But yeah, when I when I went to my hearing and they were like, like $500, $600 for whatever, my grandfather's like, no, no, we should fight it. It's like, I'm not going back to jail. I'll pay a million dollars not not to go back. But I mean, that, I mean that's how they get, get in your head. Like every, every time I come behind me, I lose my mind. And and this was like 20 years ago, so like yeah. I definitely identify with not everyone's full experience, but I get taste taste of what that's like, and it's, it's terrifying. You know, it's um, you know, we've shared a couple of stories here that they weren't things that we would sign up to do again. I wouldn't sign up to go in the military again if I had it to do over. I would have done something different. Um, and I'm sure you wouldn't have wanted to go to jail either. 
but we one of the things we don't have a choice of, and that is how we're going, what kind of perspective we're going to have on experiences from the past. Okay, some people can be angry or frustrated or bitter or all kinds of things. Um, but rather than doing that, if you look at it, even with my military, I, I remember really struggling to see what good came out of it all because I, I, I don't know that I, I got into a lot of trouble in the military, so we won't go there right now. But um, I made some bad choices while I was in there and I could have made a much better home for myself in the military and benefited from it much more than I did had I made some better choices while I was there. But that's all done. That's water under the bridge. The point that I'm making now is, as you look back on those experiences, what are the good things that you gained from them? And, and, that's, and that's the label you want to put over those rather than all the bad stuff. Because I know people who have had experiences over the years and all they can think of is the bad side of it all instead of, well, what did you gain from that? What did you learn from that? Um, what are you not doing anymore because of that experience? You know, uh, what have you decided to change in your life to to keep yourself from going back down that road again? That that's good. Those are good things. Those are learning experiences, and that's what you wanna that's what you wanna walk away with is is the learning that you that was accomplished through it and. and um, and quite frankly, you know, any anything that you come up against in life that's difficult, we call it a test. But how did you pass that test? Or did you? Or are you still taking the same test because you didn't pass it to begin with? Uh, what did you walk away with? How how are you a better person today, a stronger person, more resilient? Because um, we never stop learning, you know. Each environment gives us an opportunity to learn. And you yourself have been in situations with some of the jobs that you've held over the past couple of years where you can probably even name some of the people that they weren't going any farther because they were they were not willing to continue to learn. They were not learning from some of the stuff that they had done. So they were going to stay right where they were at and, and never go any further. And it was their choice. And, and you don't want to do that. So. Well, that's all I had. Well, I did have a comment. Um, when you're looking looking at your past, right, I'll just speak for myself. I struggled for many, many years on shame and guilt of things that I did in the past that I've grown out of to this point where I would take it back. back. I wouldn't do it differently because me going to jail in, in the grand scheme of my life was a great experience. It was a great thing, thing that I did learn from. But also there were things that I was, I was doing back when I was younger and reckless that were fine, too. And and before, I'd just be like, like oh, I did this, this I'm bad, the, that was bad, that was a bad choice. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were, there were choices that I made because I was younger. And I, I those choices that I made. But, like, why, why would I, like, punish myself as I have in the past for some something that I wouldn't make that just now because I'm older 
but I, I don't want to minimize where I was developmentally at that time period in my in my life too. Too, you know what I mean? Like like when you're saying like I did a lot of bad sad stuff in the military. Yeah, yeah, but I mean honestly, I I still stand by my statement of of you take Dan and going in in draft. I wouldn't do that. I'd pee my pants. I, I'd like draft dodge. dodge. Uh, that's hard, bad to say. But, but like, if I was feeling like you're forced into this, that takes a lot, a lot of brewery to do, and not knowing where you're gonna land. That, that yeah. I mean, and and especially your develop developly in your brain, brain at age and you're in your twenties. That's commendable, and that's I firmly stand by that, and, and I don't that, you know. You are making just choices in this in the past, yeah. But like you're tw- twenty, I was twenty. I could talk to twenty year old self, like, and I used to be like I was an idiot. It's like, but I wasn't. I was I was young. I, I, I like it was none, wasn't even that I knew I didn't I didn't better. Of course I knew I knew better. I just made the wrong wrong choice or I made that choice. And I think that it was helpful later in my life. To not not just harbor this overwhelming guilt and shame about who I was and was in the past because it was still me. Yeah, I think when you talk about feeling guilty or, or feeling ashamed of certain things, and I certainly have for things that um, were in the past, and I've had to learn, and honestly, I'm still learning this, to view those things as this is an indication that you're growing. When you find yourself flinching, when you think about something you did in the past, that's that's evidence of growth. Um, you, you will never again have the mind of an eight-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 20-year-old because that's past. What you have is the mind of where you're at now and all the things you've learned since then. So it's it's with great caution that you you go back into the past and even contemplate some of these things that you know you you regret doing and you're sorry about it and all that kind of stuff but that's a different person back then that's not you you've changed you've grown you've learned and um some people don't make that distinction and so they still find themselves feeling ashamed of something that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago that, um, you know, that you did with the mind that you had at that time in your life. You're not that person anymore. And so don't allow yourself to um, think of those things in that way again, as because what you're actually doing is you're actually bringing them back to the forefront. And, and, um, you, you you very likely didn't feel the shame back then when you committed this atrocity that you feel now as you sit and think back to it. But again, you've grown. You've gotten past that. You're a different person now. And it's important to kind of distance yourself from that. And, you know, if you need to forgive yourself or, or whatever. But um, that's... That's the beauty of growth. We, we, we continue to move on. And, and the less you think about it, and that's the thing about it too. If I talk to somebody and 
they periodically or, or maybe frequently bring up an event that happened a long time ago. Uh, obviously, it's still on their mind. They're still thinking about it. And maybe it is something that they're ashamed of or that they did wrong or whatever. Um, but they're keeping it alive. They're responsible for keeping that alive. If they would learn to to shut down those thoughts the minute they enter their minds. Um, I, I've, I've had to distance myself from people because of events that happened that were way back that, and, and we weren't going to change our relationship because it wasn't possible. So I didn't need to be thinking about those things anymore. So I found myself having to distance myself from those people and, and uh, unfriend them or whatever. Um, because thinking about those things, I still found the temptation to think of it through the mind that I had back when I committed that, you know, whatever it was. So we're all in process. We're all growing. We're all learning. That's something to get excited about and celebrate, you know. Um, if we're slipping in certain ways, falling back in certain ways, then it's time to you know, tighten up the screws on your thinking and be vigilant at what you allow yourself to dwell on because it's it's hurting you and you need to see that. So anyway. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I think um, in conclusion, I think for myself, it's a, you, uh, you have all the self-help things and all the people like at church, church be like, try to do this better, try to do that better. Like, just like, you know, sometimes sometimes it's okay to feel okay with your, yourself sometimes too. So I think it's because it's, I've been way too judgmental on, on myself past. So that's been a growing thing too. But yeah, it's good. Yes, very good. And it's good to be talking like this, okay? Because I think the mistake some people make is is just keeping to themselves. And that can be kind of dangerous because you might be allowing yourself to entertain thoughts that are really, really not so good for you. So it's yeah. been good. Well, it has. And so, an point kicking people out too, because I think yeah. a lot of people. Well, this, well, this brings this, and it's like, like, well, I don't think you should really be with that person. I think that, I think that person is trashy. So, so yeah, I wouldn't ask their opinion. I've learned that too. The hard of like, like, you should do this, and it's like, it's like, wait, why? Why should I listen to you? Like, so okay. yeah. a lot of things. Well, it's been good, son. All right. Till next time. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye.